0: Welcome to Jed Banger Fall. I'm your host, Jed Mayhew, and the question of the day is Are kids still keystring Tide Pods? Uh, Today we have uh, Shannon Shaw of Shannon and the Clams on the show as our guest. Um, She was down here uh, shooting a music video in LA. Uh, We've been trying to hook up for a long time uh, to do the interview. but uh she's busy as am i uh so she was here for a video so it wasn't like a show uh so she had a little bit of time off um but we were late to take her to the airport um we me us uh late to go to the airport so this one's a little bit shorter it's still like a fucking hour long so um and then you know my mom said that uh the other ones were too long so um you know we're trying to please everyone here uh, so we'll get into that, and uh, we kind of t- tell our uh, origin story at the beginning, so I won't bore you with that twice. Um, so right quick before we get into the interview, I just wanted to uh a little update on Zigzags: um, Writing and recording the new album, looking for a label, looking to get back to Europe, looking to get on the road. Uh, I got another band that's getting ready to play its first show called Golden Grease, uh, which uh, has members of The Lamps. And the intelligence and popular shapes, my buddies that I grew up with, uh, back way back in the Tri Cities, Washington days, and into Seattle, uh, and then down into L.A. where we are now. So we got uh, we're gonna play our first shows, um, and uh, I'll announce those later. But in the meantime, Zigzags this Friday. Uh, these are the dates uh, for April were. We're weekend worrying war worrying it, it, brain dead wiring it uh, over the weekend, so that uh, Dan can get to work on Monday, uh, March thirtieth. We're in San Francisco at the Parkside. Uh, that's with Buffalo Tooth and a band called Nope's, which I haven't heard yet, um, but I've heard are cool. Uh, the next day, Saturday, March thirty-first, we're in Santa Cruz at the Blue Lagoon. And did I say we're at the Parkside in San Francisco? It's the Parkside. Love the Parkside. <clears throat> March thirty first, the next day Santa Cruz at Blue Lagoon. That's with our buddies Glitter Wizard and Feral Ohms. Uh and also a band called Highness, I believe. Um I'm gonna guess they like getting stoned. Uh April sixth, the following weekend I don't know why I'm fucking I got like something in my throat here. April sixth, the following weekend we're in Oceanside at the Poor House. Uh the next night, April seventh, Saturday, we're in Tijuana at Mustache Bar, which we've played before, which is a Rad Venue in Tijuana. The next night, Sunday, April eighth, we are in Mexicali for the first time. Uh, Mexicali, Mexico, uh, at I'm I don't know how I'm saying this, but Taberna La Um so and then uh, the following weekend and we're doing this weekend warrior warring uh April thirteenth, we're in Tempe at the Palos Verdes Lounge uh, April 14th, we are in Tucson at Club Congress where they caught, uh, John Dillinger and it's a fantastic venue with a great outdoor little bar area and, um, and also a rad hotel. Um, and I love Tucson, uh, and we've never played there. So I'm really, uh, played there with other bands, but Zigzags have never played in Tucson and I've been wanting to play, in Tucson uh, for years, and for whatever reason, we couldn't make it happen. But we're finally playing in Tucson. We're finally playing at the Club Congress, which is like where we always hang out when we're in Tucson. And then the last one, uh, which is back in Los Angeles, will be April 25th at Zebulon. And Zebulon is celebrating their one year anniversary. So they were nice enough to uh, remember that Zigzags, us, were the first band to play the club one year ago. We were the first band to ever play Zebulon, and now we are celebrating their one-year anniversary with them. So without further ado, as I am late for work, uh, let's talk to Shannon Shaw from Shannon McLean. And then Fonz is here, um, just okay,
1: chilling good. out underneath.
0: The good. Thing. Are you okay without headphones? Cause, yeah. Okay, cool. Cause I only have one pair. Uh, I remember uh, the first time I met you. Uh, you punched a guy in the face.
1: Oh, <laughs> oh! Which uh, I've punched a few now. How Which many? one was that?
0: Uh, it was. What city? It was in Oakland, and it was. Oh
1: boy! Yeah, at the Continental Club.
0: Yeah, exactly. And it Did was, you
1: see it happen?
0: I, I was standing right next to you, and I was, I was a little worried because. I know that if I get into the fight, um, it's gonna be like, <laughs> it's gonna be bad, you know, like yeah. just because I've gotten into a few in the past, you know, and you know I played football and I just know, I don't know, it's not so much that I'm gonna, I feel like the guys are gonna, they're gonna be real aggressive if it, if I'm being aggressive, so I, I, I kind of these days I try to stay out of it, you know, because yeah. I, I don't want to get beat up, but
1: yeah, I also don't, I don't really want
0: to beat someone up either, right? But that was a, <laughs> that was a close kind of call though i think everyone was kind of confused as to what what they should be doing
1: no totally i mean i think it played out kind of cool and it's so weird i was like it i did it wasn't like a blackout rage but it was definitely like i had so much adrenaline the stuff i was saying afterwards i was like what did i mean because you remember do you remember did you see from the beginning with those two guys
0: uh, I, I don't remember exactly. It was one of those ones where I was like, I don't know why everyone's mad, but I'm... It's these two dudes that <clears throat> yeah.
1: no one knew right. that came to pick a fight. Of course, yeah. And we're just saying every possible racial dudes. slur, yeah. okay. you know, just like... You, just any,
0: and it was like a it was like a black club originally. Yeah, I mean, in, in in like a African American neighborhood per se. Absolutely, in the seventies or whatever, you know. And, and we were in there playing like a punk rock show. Right. So, and then the people that the, own the club are there, and they're working there. Yeah. And they Pharaoh. were. <laughs> yeah, and they were just like, "Can these like, do we have to call the cops on these like dumb white kids that are out here like fighting each other?" Yeah, like? it's
1: probably so lame yeah i definitely felt bad because that pharaoh guy was like begging people to please leave yeah and i i definitely felt bad but i don't know sometimes i just get really spicy like they i just kind of had it when they were you know they were like you know saying awful things about jewish people and oh, wow, I didn't polish even. people <laughs> Which was, I mean, it's kind of random. Maybe there were some Polish people there, but just trying to make someone crazy, calling everyone fags. Right.
0: I think I remember that. And
1: then I went on some weird anti, some like Christian, I don't know what I was doing. But anyway, they were trying to, you probably know because you're you're like a a tall guy. Mm -hmm. Dudes like that always want to like pick on the tall guy. Yeah. So my little That's brother, what I'm saying is I'm
0: trying to avoid it a little bit because I'm like, I know I'm gonna get into it if I if I get anywhere near it. And right, it's like,
1: my little brother's six six. He was yeah, there. He's a big guy. Yeah, he's um.
0: He's not a little brother.
1: And for no reason they just started like, okay, no one wants to fight us, I really want to fight. Right. Like at some point they went around the corner and came back and seemed crazy high. Right. Like they were like, this isn't working. Let's go around the corner, let's get way more high and then come back double time. So then they start picking on my brother, who's like he could just Hulk smash them both. Yeah. But then the guy starts screaming that he's a cage fighter and wants to fuck oh, someone up. Okay. And then is trying to call my brother, who's just laughing. Yeah. But then they take a full, unopened can of PBR. I wonder if you remember this and threw it right into his face. Oh, I didn't see that. I think I must of, have been
0: inside when this was happening. Well, this then... is
1: right when the the punching started. Okay. So it just like kind of like and like bounces off his face and then that's when i just go start punching yeah and then as soon as i was done punching him the guy was like whoa like stepped back yeah you you saw the actual punch yeah i
0: saw you punch the guy and then i think he was just shocked
1: he was super shocked he backed up and then he went like come on and fight me you fucking fat bitch I was like, I just punched you. Yeah. I just did. Like, I remember that. Like, what are you that. talking about? And then it's like, come on, do it again. It's like, yeah. why? I don't need to do it again. Yeah. Like, I think, I did but,
0: it. but I was, I was, I was pretty, uh, it was pretty inspiring because I think when, once you punch that guy, then, then everybody that was kind of standing there not knowing what to do, like, realized that there was like <laughs> 50 of us and like two of them, and then they just started like beating those guys up, and then they, like, ran off Uh or whatever, you know?
1: Well, do you remember one of the dudes, the Pangea Pangea showed up? Uh Because they wanted to come see our show, but they had had another show in Oakland that night. Okay, yeah. So they came up at the very end, like, and (laughs) we're like, whoa, what's going on? Right. And uh, I think his name's... Alex, the drummer. Okay, I don't know. He got socked by one of the guys. Really? He just showed up and got punched. He he wasn't doing anything but trying to like make sure everyone was okay and separate people. Jeez. He got his lips split open so bad he had to go to the hospital and get stitched up. Oh
0: my god, I didn't remember that. I didn't see that.
1: That that there was some kind of footage because I'm sure what I remember happening is really different. Um, my friend Lily, that was there, said I multi-punched him Uh like a bam, 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 but I don't remember that.
0: You I really remember, I remember, I just, re- I remember you just hitting this guy in the face and that's kind of the, re- the end of it that I remember, uh, yeah. honestly, because I I don't know if like, had we played already? Was the show remember, over? The show was over. Yeah.
1: And it's weird. I like went and told Lars yeah. afterwards and he's like, ew, I really don't like fighting. I was like, <laughs> oh, okay. No, cool. Lars was, <laughs> it.
0: Lars was nowhere to be seen during that. Yeah. As soon as that stuff happens, Lars, uh, <laughs> crawls into <under> the van. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but did 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 anyone ever hear from those guys again?
1: No, yeah. and not a single person even knew who they were. Didn't know who they were. They they came into the show, and were just sleezing on girls, grabbing girls. Ah, okay, yeah, and uh, you know, they're just some little nasty boys that tried to infiltrate this like really fun, peaceful show. Yeah. They were in the in the pit during intelligence and during Shanna Clams. Right, um, the pit, the pit. The, the Loose Pit. Yeah. And they were trying to fuck with Punk Rock Joel. Do you know that guy? uh uh-uh. He's this cool, you know, maybe in his 50s. Yeah. Usually when he has a, a like
0: a nickname, it's he's like, been around for a while and he's yeah. probably pretty harmless if he's named Punk Rock Joel. Yeah. I know Beetle Bob.
1: I don't know Beetle Bob.
0: You don't know Beetle Bob? No, that's a good name. He's the guy that's like at every like show at South by Southwest and he's dancing up front and he's got like oh. the Beatles haircut.
1: Oh, cool. I he might not know. be around
0: so much anymore. I used oh. to see him like 20 years ago, like at every like garage rock show.
1: Oh. Well, Punk Rock Joel is at all the punk rock shows, especially yeah. at the Gilman. He's like, you know, older. Um, he always wears like a leather harness. He's like mm-hmm. an old gay punk dude. Sure. And he often will wear like giant jeans with a leather harness or just like underwear and harness. And oh, I remember. everyone enjoys it. Yeah, sure. Yeah.
0: yeah. What's not to like? He's just doing his thing. Yeah. And like people want him to you do it. You need his those thing. people. So
1: he's like kind of pogoing for the intelligence. And those two guys were like let's fuck with this guy. Right. And the like, only guy that is like having a good time
0: watching our band.
1: <laughs> and he kept trying to laugh it off and not take it personally. Right. And they knocked him to the ground and that's when everyone first was like, fuck these two turrets right. So, anyway, I guess I just had it, and I don't want anyone to mess with my brothers, yeah, even though they're like much bigger. You
0: have two brothers,
1: I have a whole pile of brothers, really, but two of my brothers are like my best friends but
0: well, where did Where did you grow up though?
1: I grew up in Napa County, yeah, like kind of in the Styix,
0: yeah, so not like not a like a winery,
1: no, we grew up Mormon, okay, so no wine, I don't even think I tasted wine till I was seventeen or something <laughs> right but um yeah so we were raised mormon a lot of our youth and lived kind of on a quasi farm like we weren't farmers but we had like a big pond and geese and a chicken not a chicken cabinet chicken coop Uh uh-huh and uh two horses and a (laughs) pony and we had uh a duck every now and then we always had a that's pair why of you keys. love animals so much I really do. speaking
0: of fonzie oh, yeah. sneezing me. underneath me
1: <laughs> we always had lots of big dogs yeah. and um but my dad was a fire chief oh and wow and when we were kids my mom was just like working on raising kids but she's a mental health nurse most uh-huh. of the time yeah
0: and so let me ask you this and we'll get back to it but um is your, what, what happened during the fires then up there with your family?
1: It was pretty gnarly. My parents live separately now, but they only live a mile apart.
0: Was your dad like involved in the, in the process of fighting the fires?
1: No, my dad was, uh, retired. He retired in 95. Okay, it, uh, like <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> he's it, trying to get up on the chair. And, okay. He retired pretty young, um, but what's interesting is my my brother, Patty's a firefighter now. Oh, okay. And he does wildlands, like s- s- formerly known as CDF. Is now he the one that. Fire.
0: Was that the that got the beer in the face? Oh, yeah. Okay, yeah. Okay. Yeah, he's, a fire- he's the one that I've met then. Yeah. He's a fireman?
1: He's a fireman, yep. Wow. And like in the off season, he m- does mostly forestry. Off season is an EMT. Okay. But he has got hired in Mendocino, I think. Wow. And then. Uh, yeah, so it sucked because he really wanted to be helping in Napa. Sure. Like, a lot of his really good friends' houses are just completely gone. Yeah. the um, But he was on a f- horrible fire in Wairika. Uh-huh. That we just didn't... Not, it's not as... He didn't lose as ma- much housing and... I don't think you had as many casualties. Well, we but just had a whole thing too. in Ojai, too. And so know, we were having so gnarly. Uh,
0: all these friends of ours and people that lost their houses up there and, and then the mudslides. And it's just been like oh, so sad. such a crazy year.
1: Mm-hmm, crazy year.
0: What was it like? So did you, where did you guys go to school then? Those are just, did you have to like get trucked into the city or was it that far out? Or was it,
1: well, our and how many kids were there? In the whole family? Yeah. Okay, so the... The youngest are me, Dan, and Patty. So Patty's the youngest, he's the firefighter. Then comes me, uh, and then there's Dan. That's f- three full-blooded siblings. Right. Dan is in a band called Violence Creeps. Oh know. yeah, I've heard that. Yeah, he's yeah. like an awesome guitar player. Cool. Um, I'm the middle of those three, and I have serious middle child syndrome. Mm-hmm. And then we have an older brother, who's half-brother, and he's like a really cool Off the grid, anti-government, anti-establishment, like conspiracy theorist, mountain man that lives up in Trinity County. Yeah. And, uh, we really looked up to him growing up. He's 18 years older than me. Oh, wow. Okay. So like in the eighties and early nineties, he was like, we'd be getting carted off to church and he'd be like flipping us off, (laughs) skateboarding away into the country, kind of a, you know, um, and then we have another, we have a sister who's from my dad's first marriage who's, uh, I think she's 52 or so, but um, she's really nice. She and Jason are really different from, me Mm -hmm. and Dan and Patty are like triplets, basically. Sure. We just have all the same interests and style. It can
0: go like one or two ways with Mormons, it seems like. It's like, you can like accept it and then just be these like really friendly, happy people with a lot of kids, or you can like go, like my buddy who grew up Mormon in, in Oregon, he like, you know, was in prison for like three years. Oh, He's fine, you know, yeah. it's just like, oh, but it, it's just, but it's like then the the family's so strict and then, then you go into this like super rebellious thing where you go like too far, you know? No, totally. As opposed to me, I'm just like, I'm just not going to play football anymore, guys. You know, like <laughs> yeah. I'm going to start playing guitar. But right. I'm, I'm a punk. Yeah. You know? <laughs> That was like about as, and my parents were like, cool. We'll buy you a guitar. You yeah. Know, like, oh, okay. You assholes.
1: <laughs> well, something interesting about our family is that um, we're called Jack Mormons. Yeah. Are you familiar with that term? I know the name, and it's I think there was a term. band
0: called that too. But really, yeah, I think like a like a 90s. You're a, like 90s a naughty, punk you're band. naughty Mormon. I think right. there's
1: like a Catholic term for it's like uh, like who's,
0: backslider or something like that. Is like a Catholic thing, oh. maybe.
1: Well, you like get
0: because I grew up Catholic. So, oh, okay. Yeah
1: you're kind of just like looked down upon because maybe my mom drinks a Coke every now and then. Right. And she'll never give up Coke still to this day. And um, you know, if there's a family vacation, maybe you go on it and you skip church. Whereas my, my aunt, uh, her family is super devout and they will drive, if we're on like out, we have property up in Trinity County and the whole family will go up every now and then in the summer. On Sunday, they will drive hours to the nearest Mormon church to go to, to church. Right. And it's like, you know, so Jack Mormons are like, we're cool. We do our own thing. So I come from a partially super strict, partially super lazy. Mm-hmm. And we'd ask our mom questions like, Mom, what does the Holy Ghost look like? And she'd be like, mm, don't worry about it. <laughs> like, what? Okay. Or like, why can't we have Coke? I don't know. It doesn't make any sense. You know, that was a lot of our answers. Um, And then her dad was an upright bass player and like, you know, drank alcohol, which is big no-no. My grandma drank alcohol. I think all their family members, all the adults secretly drank. Right. So it could have been a lot more strict. But then my grandpa was this bass player and he's like part of like, you know, like this jazz fireman community and then all my uncles played guitar Uh and then my brothers all play guitar so there's always this like appreciation for music and like
0: is that where it came is that where you got it from or
1: i mean maybe i think i did it gave it to myself right because no one taught me or like really fostered it or what kind of music were they
0: listening to around the house though
1: uh, my mom was really into big like big eighties country like Clint uh-huh, Black. My mom,
0: well, my mom's more like seventies uh, country, you know, like nitty gritty dirt band, Waylon Jennings. I saw Merle Haggard when I was like two years old. Uh, yeah, my know? dad
1: took my mom on a Merle Haggard, Waylon Jennings tour date. Yeah, um, they liked definitely seventies country, but my mom got so into that late eighties early nineties country. Yeah, but like only if it was led by a sexy man like, Vince Gill. Or well, my Flight. mom's
0: Dwight you know. Yoakam. Dwight Yoakam is like her favorite guy ever and I like hated it when I was a kid (laughs) and then now I'm like totally obsessed with Dwight Yoakam and we went and saw him in Ventura a couple months ago and I got he autographed a poster for my mom was he
1: nice yes super nice I have such funny secret inside scoop story on Dwight Yoakam you do
0: yeah are you gonna tell it or if you want me to tell it
1: okay did you ever see Sling Blade yes he's an amazing actor right I know he's so believable I know Okay, so that's how I
0: got to know him because I knew the producer of Sling Blade. We is a friend of Jess's and we went to dinner, and we were hanging out. And then Dwight Yoakam showed up at dinner, and I was like, what? "You have to tell me before Dwight Yoakam shows up at dinner," because I was like freaking out, and I was just Whoa. like, the only yeah, thing I can think me a of is warning, like, please. I was like, I was like, I was like, maybe if like Cindy Crawford showed up, <laughs> I could not <laughs> think of anyone I could compare it to. Yeah, totally. Yeah,
1: I'd want to be prepared too. Yeah. So okay, and I'm just hoping that this story is one hundred percent true. Sure. Because that'd be a bummer if it was like anyway, so I did this record, a solo record, um produced by Dan Auerbach mm-hmm. in Nashville last fall.
0: Okay, and this hasn't come out yet. No, June okay. 9th. Okay, cool.
1: So his backing band, basically the people that played on my band, are amazing. They're all old dude session musicians sure. that played with like, you know, uh Dusty Springfield Neil Diamond. So you're stoked. I'm so stoked. Yeah. Elvis. Yeah. Like it's just these guys are amazing. They have such good stories. Um, the bass player played um with Johnny Cash for mm-hmm. a long time. The guitar player yeah. with that skill, like all they have so many stories. They cannot believe that I know who any of these people are right. other than Elvis, which is <laughs> right. like that's sad. Yeah. That they would ever be surrounded by people that had no idea and don't care. Right. I care. Yeah. So they I would tell. I run into that before too. That's just yeah. <laughs> how
0: that's just how people get when yeah sure.
1: So they couldn't believe that I knew who Dwight Yoakam was, which is right. like, come on, come sure. on, guys. So anyway,
0: he dated Duff.
1: Yeah, who's
0: that? She was an MTV VJ. Oh what? Yeah. Oh yeah, I know who that is. Yeah. They dated.
1: Yeah. Okay, so Dave, the Well, maybe I shouldn't say who, but one of the guys in the band was like, yeah, I was a big fan and like you know eventually played with him a little bit, but. Um, You know when he does that thing, Dwight, while he's playing, where he turns around and he kind of wiggles his butt at the audience? Yeah. It's not what you think he's doing. He's not just wiggling his butt. He's berating his band. Really? Telling them how shitty they are and how shitty a job they're doing and fuck them. So he said he was on the side of the stage, was invited you know, backstage. So he was on the side of the stage watching. And he said he... Turns around to wiggle his butt, the move everyone knows, and is like, "You pieces of shit!" He says, his voice gets super, super high pitched, Uh and he's raging at them, but like all the while, like keeping this little butt wiggle. Mm -hmm. And Billy Bob Thornton was backstage, of course, and he saw Billy Bob Thornton watching Dwight Yoakam have this like rage episode, and then flip around and smile and just be having the best show, and saw him invite him to play that terrifying dad on Sling Blade after seeing that happen. Oh,
0: that's how he got the role. Yeah. Do you want to know if the story is true or not?
1: Oh, my God. I... No. Okay. <laughs> That, I do? Is it not true? No,
0: no, I don't know. But there's people that I can, oh, can ask that will out? totally tell me whether or not that's true. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, I'll just text it to you later. Okay. Good. <laughs> I have a special investigation. I love cracking codes. But but I will say that I met him twice, and he was super nice. And the first night, like we were just like, first off, I was already seated across from Tommy Chong. Whoa. So, like, that was cool. This
1: is a dinner?
0: Just it was a dinner.
1: Casual dinner. It was a
0: dinner that we got invited to, and I didn't know. You know, I, d- I was just like, okay, we're going to go to this dinner downtown at these people's house, you know? And so that was cool, and we were just talking, and then uh, Dwight Yoakum sat down, and then. In- How tall is he? five to eight he's not he's not like a super tall guy he's like a i don't know what what's average height i don't know because i'm so tall but then i don't think of myself as tall until i go to the grocery store and the woman's like can you grab that yeah, thing and then yeah, i'm like yeah. oh yeah sure i did my thing today <laughs> <laughs> but so like and then i was like freaking out but then by the end of the night everyone was kind of just in the kitchen and then david allen david uncle Alc- Dwight Yoakam and I were singing David Allen Co songs <laughs> oh to each other, and I was what? like, oh, this guy's like so nice, you know? That's like, so cool. he's really cool, and he like knows a ton about music, you know, obviously, and he knows a ton about film, you know? Sometimes like you meet these people, and then you're just like, how the fuck does that guy like? He doesn't know anything. Like, how does he get this job or whatever?' Right? Know? So, Interesting. I was pretty stoked.
1: Something I didn't say was that he said that he also would be really sweet and a, like apologetic afterwards so it's just like these weird rage <laughs> That's outbursts. how i am that's exactly how i oh, am really? yeah, if you ask <laughs> jess that's
0: how i am like, yeah if i can't find parking or something it's just like yeah and then i'm just like i i'm really sorry like i totally i don't know why i would do that i just go into this weird zone yeah so, the weird zone that's a man th- that's that a man i guess zone.
1: that's where i go when i punch that guy yeah but or punch other
0: people that was that was warranted though have you punched a lot of people
1: um, I don't know what has happened to me, but yes, really, it just ha- it started happening <laughs> at some point. I haven't punched the in a while, business. and I really don't want to punch yeah, again. No, no, no the no. last punch was like so. That was real. It was very crazy, and it's like it's always scary. I always end up crying at some point. Yeah, I did not cry in the Oakland one. That no, was no, like no. A, <laughs> yeah, but it's just uh, weird. I think I just. I do. I,
0: I when I've punched guys in the past and beaten people up, I will start crying afterwards too. I think it's. I think it's the adrenaline. It's, adrenaline. it's overtakes not fair you. Yeah. That it
1: makes not you cry fear. sometimes. Did you say fear? I said it's not fair.
0: Oh, not fair. Yeah.
1: No, because that's the last thing you want to do is cry. Right. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I, I I think it's the adrenaline overtakes you, and then I and then I think to myself like, I. I feel very lucky and so I feel like maybe I'm like beating someone up and I don't know I just feel like I don't know it's been weird like like if I I got in a fight with like a door guy in in a club one time and, and like broke his finger oh shit And then I was like, Did you get in trouble? Well, the other guy, the other guys, like threw me out the door. You know, I didn't get in trouble. (laughs) I I was an adult. There's only wasn't like mayhem. No, it's it's only so much trouble you can get into when you're like 25. It's like, but you know, they didn't call my parents or anything. But like, they like threw me on the street. And then later, I was like, I was like, oh, that guy has to work the door, and now and like, you know, I felt bad for him more as like I felt bad that he had to be a door guy at a rock club. That was like what I felt. (laughs)
1: About, did you go back and apologize i to him? did i went
0: back the next day <gasps> oh, and i said i'm sorry you. and then he said he said eh, it comes with the territory <laughs> you know
1: <laughs> that's good i love that kind of story that's the best story yeah yeah
0: so when you were back in, in in napa so what what was the first music that you were getting into then do you think that not so much your family yeah. but maybe your friends is what got you into the music stuff
1: well so i i was saying that my mom listened to big country i also listened to like uh, Hank Williams and Patsy Cline and sure. stuff like that. And my dad listened to Roy Orbison and always Get had it. oldies on. Yeah. Um, so it was like a, a variety. And then we all, my eldest brother, the mountain man, mm-hmm. we listened to a lot of like Led Zeppelin and yeah. Pink Floyd and yes, and Steely Dan and Allman brothers and all that kind of stuff. Um, so it's kind of, a a lot of things. And then, there's a lot of stuff we weren't allowed to listen to. Like, I never listened to any pop, any boy bands. Oh, any, wow, yeah. Like, my brothers were brats and like kind of were controlling of what, it wasn't even my parents. Oh, okay. Yeah. Although they'd be like, turn this trash off. Right. But my brothers would be like, are you seriously listening to that? You can't listen to that. And like, I looked up to them so much that I just did whatever. Like Backstreet
0: Boys or something.
1: Mm, I'm older than that. Color more me bad. Like, uh, no, more like new kids. Okay. More like that, yeah, or like got it? Yeah, that's MC me Hammer too. That was me
0: too. Like my friends when I was a kid were all like from Southeast Asia, and their older sisters were like obsessed with like New Kids on the Block. Where are you from? Eastern Washington.
1: Oh, okay. So like
0: kind of a small town in Eastern Washington. I grew up. I was born in Portland, but then I moved to this really small town in Eastern Washington, and there was like a large South East Asian community there because it was like farming and right meat packing plants and things like that and so i became friends with them but their sisters were like really into like that late 80s boy band yeah they liked um new edition you know and then mm. and then of course new kids on the block came out you know yeah so they got into all that stuff Oh. nana cherry
1: i don't even know what that is oh she
0: had a, she had a big big song like that but that was what we were watching on mtv and then they would do these like choreographed dances and then we would like, <laughs> watch them you know
1: oh cool <laughs> So, I just kind of had to get into what my brothers listened to. So, like, one of the first... My first tape was Frizzle Fry by by Primus. Oh, my God. And then... Uh, Jess and
0: I were just listening to that the other really? night. Yeah. We went to dinner, There's and then she put on Frizzle sp- Fry. <laughs> <laughs> we love Primus.
1: Yeah, I went to, like, and so Ween. many of the New Year's. I love Ween. I know. Ween is, like,
0: our favorite, too.
1: I just saw Ween play recently. I just got my boyfriend really into Ween. I don't know how he never really paid attention to them before yeah. so ween's country album 12 gold greatest golden hits whatever. Yeah. that backing band was basically my backing band oh in awesome yeah because i remember when they player. did that
0: they were like oh we hired all these amazing musicians and they like blew our minds like i remember reading a like an interview yeah. with ween or something like that you know and and uh before i forget have you seen the movie it's pat
1: yeah with ween yeah okay. starring <laughs> ween <laughs> Yes, I have. Okay, good. No, I remember that because I That's was a, huge a real Ween fan, fan.
0: Yeah. All right.
1: Oh yeah, I'm full on Ween nerd. Okay, good. Well, they really divide people. Oof,
0: not me and Jess. They bring good. us together. Oh, good. Yeah. 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 You would. You guys could talk about Ween all day. Yeah. yeah. We could. So that was your band.
1: Yeah, I, I got I got into Ween. They might be giants. Was like huge.
0: Well, I mean, those guy, those country guys. Are your oh. One. Oh yeah.
1: Yeah. Okay. Do you remember the part in that album? I can't even think of what song it is where he goes
0: piss up a rope or something like that
1: no it's like one of the more chill mm. traditional songs he goes like thank you bobby that's like yeah. bobby wood on piano i haven't
0: listened to that oh that's so cool i haven't listened to that record in so long because it's like if i want to put on ween i'm gonna put on you
1: might put yeah you might put on Chuckle and cheese yeah and or the pot or something the pot is so yeah. good. it's also good it's
0: also good yeah
1: um yeah so,
0: so when did you get into ween how did you find that band
1: so I think Ween came, so I don't, I wish I could like untangle the web because everything like led from one thing sure, to another.
0: Sure, sure, yeah. Um. Well, back in the like pre sort of back, internet days when we back. were getting into this stuff, that's mm-hmm. how you kind of like, you. it was like a weird, uh, what do you call it, choose your own adventure sort of thing. Oh, like, totally. What, you would like, see a band like... For me, like finding out the misfits from watching Metallica and they were wearing the shirt. Absolutely.
1: You know, like. Or Beavis and Butthead. I learned yeah, so much. Oh, totally. Wien. That's how I found Ween. <laughs> they did <laughs> totally. Push Little Daisies and they were totally. like. Or, that's the first time I heard them too. Yeah. yeah. There's so many things I could I list. didn't get
0: into it till later, but I.
1: I, it, We got into it. Yeah. We're like, what is this freaky ass band? Right. But we got into like, um, oh, I forgot my train of thought. Well, definitely, like, re- Napa had, for being so close to San Francisco, it is like you're in the middle of nowhere. Sure, yeah. There, It's such a, like, music culture de- desert. Mm-hmm. Um, There's no music scene. Right. Uh, so it's like we'd buy any music magazine, even if, like, it sucked, and just hope that we would read a description of a band that we should check out. Right. Or we would go to the dollar bin at the warehouse CD store and actually do you like Paul Leary
0: uh, from
1: Butthole Surfers a huge Butthole Surfers fan
0: Um, I don't know his, his solo it's stuff awesome it's really? his album
1: called History of Dogs oh I've never heard and it and he has a recording studio in Austin that's apparently really cool yeah but I actually wrote to Paul Leary on MySpace right when Shannon the Clam started and I wrote to him and I was like I just want to say that you're a big influence on me and I started playing cause... anyway he wrote me back and yeah. he's so cool yeah so King um, Coffee
0: is like the drummer of, Butthole Surfers is that what I'm trying to remember? Uh, I don't remember. Okay, yeah, I don't know. I know the name Paul Leary, but I never checked out his like mm. solo records or anything. You should
1: look up history of dogs. It's really weird. I like those it's really early like Butthole Gumby, Surfers. kiwi music.
0: EPs like the mm. the like, like uh, the Brown Reason to Live. Yeah, and um, Pope. Uh, oh God, there's yeah, like yeah. all these like really kind of gnarly punk. And then I just love the stories of that band too. Just like too. reading like our band could be your life, and just like <laughs> just like <laughs> going like is wild, this real? Wild like, boys. Yeah,
1: um, but I definitely think I learned a lot from Beavis and Butthead, mm-hmm. and we had some cousins that got us into they might be giants, uh-huh. and just got us into that like. What about Dead Milkman? That would, came later for yeah. me. So punk, like punk itself, came later for me. We had Live One Hundred and Five, which is the alternative station in town. Mm-hmm. So that's all I listened to, and like I think that alternative in the early through the '90s was so important yeah and it is alternative now on the radio is it's it's so corporate cheesy it's not the same yeah um but like i got into a lot of stuff through that especially they had i'm really big into new wave and dark wave too they had a uh something called like the lunchbox at noon where they'd play 80s lots of cool 80s stuff Mm -hmm. but i got really into like King Missile oh, yeah. and early Flaming Lips <laughs> and stuff <laughs> like that like yeah I totally used <laughs> So I got in like and just really explored that like alternative world. And then Napa is so boring and lonely especially like living out in the country and like being poor and yeah. like not it's just hard to so we really had to create our own fun. Yeah. So me and my friends would make a lot of movies like on old cameras mm-hmm. and stuff and like have movie nights or Build, we like we're building forts into our late teens, early 20s, like in the creek and stuff like sure, that. Sure, yeah. And um I remember one of the things we would do was go to the movie store, the video store. We had Hollywood Video. Uh-huh. And they had a cult classic section. I swear <laughs> that changed my life and saved my life. Yeah. So we would just look at the cult classic and try and find something we haven't seen before. And I remember finding this tape that I was like, whoa, this looks so weird and stupid. Let's get it. And it was Desperate Teenage Love Dolls. Oh, yeah, yeah, sure. And um, we got it and put it on, and we're just blown away because it's like we got it to make fun of it, and these people are just like us. right? It's like teens that are bored and have good taste like creating their own fun yeah, and making movies, which is what we did. yeah. And it was one of the first times I'd seen like girls playing music I, right. in Napa. Like I had lots of guy friends that played guitar, you know, they'd play Nirvana or whatever, Red Hot, Chili the i <laughs> yeah. never seen a girl around my age doing it ever. And like, even, you know, they're not like the greatest musicians. And it was one of the first times that I was like, it doesn't matter. Look, they're like doing it. They have a video in the video store that I got. Right. Like that was like one of the first seeds that was planted that like, you don't have to be a perfect, amazing ripping musician like you should just do it if you want to and if it feels good and you get something out of it
0: i remember yeah i remember watching like ladies and gentlemen the fabulous stains Mm -hmm. and and then thinking like that was cool but they were like super good like but you know that movie that i liked was um uh what is it called like we are awesome or what's the one that came out the swedish it's like the girls start the punk band and it's from sweden and it's called like we are amazing or i can't remember it's a really great movie because it's kind of like A lot of those movies, like, somehow they're, like, they're really good really fast, you know? But, like, Uh this movie, they're, like, terrible the whole time, but they're still doing it and they don't care, you know?
1: That's what you should do.
0: Yeah, I remember, because I grew up in, like, in a a trailer park outside of Portland.
1: Where? What town?
0: Clackamas, Oregon, which is, like, Uh that's, like, where Dead Moon's from, but I didn't know that until, like, I was, like, 21, you know? Yeah, everything's,
1: like, spread out.
0: Yeah, I just didn't know about any of that. Like, how am I going to find it out when I'm eight? But I just remember, like... Same thing with, like, we would rent videos and stuff, and I remember, like, my mom was, like, totally supportive, but didn't, like, she wasn't, like, checking anything, so we rented, like, Female Trouble.
1: Oh, boy. (laughs) (laughs) We
0: rented, like, Repo Man and all this stuff when we were, like, eight years old, you know? We were just watching these, like, insane movies and, like...
1: And it's funny how, like, seeing a movie like that when you're young can, like, stain you forever, but in a cool way. For us, it was, like,
0: not that far from being, like, a cartoon, because we didn't really get... Yeah. any of we didn't understand any of the darkness involved in it. Like we're, you know what I mean. Like we just we we only picked up on the like the, the goofiness cool stuff, stuff of, of it, you know.
1: And I was so like as a kid, like really was into into the macabre is not quite correct. More just like that's what I'm more drawn to. Yeah. So like I remember seeing. My mom rented this Toxic Avenger because she thought it was a kid's yeah, movie. Yeah, exactly. That's and because how, yeah. there was the cartoon at the time. We loved it. Unbelievable, they made yeah. a tar- ca- cartoon. But I remember saw, seeing that, <laughs> and like everyone fell asleep. I was at a slumber party, and everyone fell asleep but me. And it was like terrifying and sad in the beginning when they're trying to run over that little kid on the bike. Yeah. And then like uh, the semen stained jeans and the dryer, like that's when I found out what semen was. Yeah. And, like just so many gnarly. Oh, that girlfriend dying in the.
0: Are you talking about Toxic Avenger one or is it? Yeah, part... okay. One. I remember the one where he starts out and he's like the skinny guy in the tutu he's and they the push nerd. him. In. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, they push him into the toxic. Waste.
1: Doesn't he like like a lady works out to death? Or there's like a bunch there's of gnarly. So I haven't seen too. it. Since they I was all kind like
0: of it. blend together for me because I used they to do. watch all of them. But yeah.
1: But like that, just I don't know. I definitely have always been really like, like I couldn't watch that movie and be like. This would be hilarious. It's more like, whoa, why would they what's up with the the trauma people? Why would they think to do that interesting <laughs> like my i My mom watched a lot of soap operas when I was a kid, yeah, and I would watch them with her and get like so involved in the really scary parts of the stories like there's this one young and the restless season where this character, Lily, gets kidnapped, and I became like obsessed with kidnapping mm-hmm. and so curious about it, and now I'm like massive true crime buff mm-hmm. but it's because i i'm so drawn to like the psychology and like what happened to someone to make them want want or need to do that or like have zero control over themselves
0: do you li- do you listen to like a lot of the true crime podcasts when you're touring and stuff then
1: i do but no one in my band can they all hate it, it makes them feel sick as yeah. I, I totally understand so i mostly listen to it by myself or yeah cleaning my house or driving i listen to a lot of like of course my favorite murder yeah have you read i I haven't listened to that one it's incredible i
0: i i like true crime stuff i i'll watch those those 48 hour shows jess hates them
1: like dateline dateline all
0: that stuff as soon as she comes in the living room she makes me turn it off every single time yeah um i listen to this one called the one that i listen to it's is the last podcast on the the left. left. Yeah. I've
1: been hearing about that. Is that the one with the, like, bros? Like, six bros screaming over each other? (laughs) It's three. See, that just puts me in punch mode. It's
0: three bros. Okay, it's three. And they're just like, it's good, but it's like they're kind of making fun of stuff, and it's also these kind of, like, sad stories, so it's almost like sometimes it's kind of uncomfortable, but the guys are really funny. Okay. So it's like... But the, my, my, I'll give it another Yeah, trip. My Favorite Murder, it, it took me a while to get into it. Me all the, too, they, because they, all, all, yeah.
1: they know each other so well. Yeah. They just go right in like Gavin and Gavin, and it's kind of hard to keep up, and you feel kind of left out, and it's so hard to know, like, okay, got to get ready to laugh hard about murder. Well, the, <laughs> but then you get used to it, and you're like, oh, I get it, I'm part of it, all right. You the know?
0: one that got me into it was they had a three-part series all about Norwegian black metal. So they just told the story, the history of Norwegian Did black. Did you read metal. that book, Lords of Chaos? Yeah, you know, and I'm I not was into black metal for a while. I'm not like super like knowledgeable about it, but I like the I like the the characters, you know. So it's like it's yeah. an interesting story, you know. And so they had a soul. and I got obsessed with it. And then I realized a lot of them are like just true murders, and then those ones I'm not so into listening to people joke about, you know.
1: But. No, totally. Yeah, and <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's a,
0: But podcasts are the new, like, you know, back when when I first started touring with bands, it was like, no one had a phone, first off. Yeah. And then we just had the, the music that was playing in the van, and then somebody would be maybe, like, reading a book.
1: Or would you ever find like the AM station and play like Coast to Coast?
0: Oh yeah, Coast yeah. to Coast is amazing. Yeah, when when we'd like go through like Southwest to the Southwest, if we'd be like in Arizona or, or New Mexico, then Coast to Coast would come on or something, and it'd be mm-hmm. like some guy telling a story of alien abduction <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> late at night, and it would just be like Or well,
1: there's those certain passages on tour where you know that there's a really good station between this like King City Radio, mm-hmm. Have you heard that mm-hmm. oh my God, next King time you City drive from LA to the Bay, okay. So, or King's, I think it's King City Radio. Hmm. It's like, you know, Bakersfield, you can get it. Yeah, King and, City,
0: um, I've passed that exit a bunch of times. I just didn't know if there was a radio.
1: They play the coolest, best oldies. Like, the last time I heard it, they played, like, F- Freddie Fender, and then they played that song, like, uh, oh, I can't, like, it's like an old guy with a gravelly voice. Like, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't. I'll have to look it up. It's so good. It was just like obscure, totally different periods of time. Right. If I've heard Vangelis on there. Oh wow. And then I'll hear like the Supremes. Yeah. It's just like and then you'll hear something from the forties.
0: I was gonna ask you that specifically. Oh, real quick though, the one to listen down here is called K Surf. Have you ever listened to K Surf? No. It's twelve sixty AM. It's all oldies, no commercials. <gasps>
1: How can they get away with that these days?
0: We listen to that like that's the what's on in the car all the time now is K Surf because it, it kind of sounds kind of crappy, so it's like it's like really comforting. Love that. You know? Do you
1: feel like now you're going back to like? I love the randomness of radio. If you can find a good radio station, K Surf is I amazing. Prefer that?
0: Yeah, when you're in LA next time, listen to K Surf because it is like same thing, like just awesome oldies all the time you know mm-hmm. i was going to ask you that you mentioned the like the gravelly voice i love it when you do the like the you'll go like ah! like oh. what does <laughs> that come from because i feel like that's a really specific that's like a really specific like early 60s like girl group thing that you hear um like women singers would back and I'm, I'm trying to remember who it is that kind of makes me think of it but it's that when you're screaming and then you go into like the kind of like soulful thing Mm. sort of thing. Like where did that, where
1: did that come from? I don't really know. Um, but it's like, so whenever I play, um, I have to, I'm going to quick check the time. Yeah,
0: No, it's two 19. I'm, I'm, I have to take you to the airport. So (laughs) I'm, I'm, I'm watching the time.
1: Okay. So I have to reconnect with every song. Like, I think that if I did not reconnect with the original feelings that went into writing the song, every song I write, it comes from something real. Mm-hmm. It's like, I don't just make up songs. I can't just like link shit together and be like, let's all It's like a rock song. Let's go. Like it has to come from something real. Mm-hmm. So when I play, I have to reconnect to that feeling in order to give the song its best performance. And I hope I want to do that forever. I just thought that's what everyone did no people don't do that it mm-hmm. just play the song yeah you know and like maybe they have fun maybe they're bored maybe they're waiting to get to the next one but for me it's like i have to lock in mm-hmm. and so when i get to doing that it's like it's hard to explain but it's like i feel like i'm like it feels so visceral so like i'm digging into my body and like pulling it back out mm-hmm. so it's like and i know i'm trying to take better care of my voice so it's not shredded when I'm when I'm 8 when I'm 120 mm-hmm. um, but like that's when I feel the best about my performance is when I'm like like feel like I'm dip digging and like ripping <laughs> into myself like to get that sound out mm-hmm. like that's when I feel like so gen- like really genuine because I don't think I could not be feeling it and be able to make those sounds. Does that make sense? Yeah. If you ever see me play and I'm not doing that, I've either hurt my voice and I can't do it. Or sometimes that's when it sounds the best. It's like right after my voice starts getting better. But like that means I'm not into it. And I hope you never see that because Mm -hmm. I just feel like that's uh, like reliving in front of people, I think is an important part of the performance for me.
0: I'm always impressed when people like are able to sort of use metaphors lyrically that uh it explains I feel like when I write lyrics it's always so obvious what I'm saying, and then i then I see someone who uh will use a metaphor for something and then it and and you can tell what they're talking about, but they're not saying it specifically, yeah and then I think. You know, I was reading some of the lyrics on your new album, on Onion, and you said that that was, or you have said that uh, that was inspired by like the Ghost Ship stuff. Uh huh. And then kind of reading those lyrics, and then and then thinking about that, like like that Backstreet song. Yeah. Just about like, I mean, I don't know what it's about, but I I just took a, about like being an outsider and you know finding a place to hang out with other people that like-minded or share similar ideas or don't fit in you know and
1: and then like the place where everyone can like hide together and be them real selves yeah is dangerous yeah you know that's definitely and sadly that's like a thing in oakland that's fading away yeah i mean i really hope that people can like continue to find ways to have spaces but yeah it's kind of a it feels like it's all disappearing.
0: How long have you been in Oakland?
1: I think 15 years. Yeah. What year is it? 20. <laughs> 1976? <laughs> 2018. Yeah. Well, I moved there in 2003. Yeah. So it's been a while.
0: Everyone talks about the change in all these cities, but I feel like the Bay Area is the the most drastic of all the places I've been.
1: Something beautiful about L.A. is... It's like, yes, all that is happening, and it sucks, and it's pushing people away, and um, taking things away from people, and you know, thinning the. But I feel like LA still has so much culture. Yeah, and I'm
0: talking um, about the Bay Area. I know, but
1: I guess what I was going to say that that LA has is it knows what's really important. Like, like Cantors is always going to be there. I hope. Right and. Like we ate, where did we go the other day? That was so cool. Just like, there's these cool old places that are never going to change up. Place Tex. Ta- yeah. Yeah. Ta-
0: ta- yeah. Them. Yeah. Whatever. So I don't know places how to say like yeah. that. We have a romanticism to old stuff. You yeah. Know.
1: And like a lot of old signs stay. Mm-hmm. And it's, San Francisco, it just feels, you know, there's so much like. We have space here, though, too. Stuff. You have more room. It can keep San going. It's going to run. Yeah, we yeah. can
0: run. We can keep going east and north and south, and, mm-hmm. you know.
1: But Oakland is Eesh. like, it is really sad. And, like, you know, I'm one of those invaders, you know? I'm, yeah. I'm a person who moved there. I moved there to go to college. And, like, yeah, I'm not born and raised there, but it definitely. It's And it's sad to see everything happening and like people from there can't afford to live in their own town. Mm-hmm. And then people, San Francisco people can't even afford to live in San Francisco. So they come to Oakland. Yeah. That makes Oakland people not be able to afford it. You know, obviously, sure. everyone knows the story. Of course. Yeah. But it's so sad to see it happening before our eyes. And now my main job is to be a musician. Right. I've lived in the same house maybe 11 years. If I get kicked out, I can't live in Oakland. Right because I, I've had this that's what I'm saying
0: I, I do think there there is a difference between um, you know I'm not saying one is better than the other but there's a difference between um, artists moving into neighborhoods and creating art or whatever they're doing versus a corporation moving into a neighborhood but it's just
1: a natural it's a natural progression yeah because then yeah. the everyone's like look, I think it's getting safer. There's all right. these white artists right. here now. Right, true, yeah. Let's buy the warehouses. You know, it's yeah, like, totally. it's just unfortunately that that's how it goes. Yeah. Especially now that I think like like art and subculture and alternative lifestyles is like becoming maybe like a trend, mm-hmm. which has always been there, but it's becoming more like accessible mm-hmm. or something to the mass to the masses mm-hmm. and so i think that like that makes it even more common or something right
0: do you think you're going to stay in oakland
1: i would like to <laughs> i don't know it's if i really, cody moved you said cody, cody moved he moved cody to seattle a baby oh wow he moved to seattle then he moved to portland oh, okay um so uh and his girlfriend is um we used to play in a band together called hunks and his pun oh yeah so she played in that band for oh a great while. We're okay old friends. cool um yeah, they live in Portland. Um, yeah, I don't know, because really, if I if I were to get evicted or pushed out, which is just so possible, yeah, I don't know where I could afford to keep doing this as a living, you know, and pay rent. Sadly, mm-hmm. um, so I don't know. I really like want to be close to my family. Um, I'm one of those people. Yeah, um, and they live like 45 minutes north. My boyfriend's a farmer in Oregon, in Aurora. Do you know where that is? Yeah. And so I don't know. It seems cool to go live on a farm. I, don't. <laughs> I like feel so It'll be connected full to circle. Oakland. Yeah. I don't know. I just don't know. Definitely feel like I'm just f- floating, waiting to see what happens.
0: Well, unfortunately, we have to take you to the airport because <laughs> I don't want you to be late oh, darn for it. your flight. And it's can we it's like LAX. continue? Um, I can, we can try and then we'll, and then if you're listening to this, then you'll know that we tried to continue it with like an iPhone or something like that. And then mm-hmm. I can see if uh, like someone that's more knowledgeable than me can like edit it Editing together it. or something like, that. I'm just so bad about that, but we can try.
1: Do you have, um, is it called GarageBand on your phone?
0: No. I have like, Whatever the voice memo yeah it sounds fine i use that shit all the time yeah we that's how I. yeah that's how i write songs or whatever figure it out when i'm driving in the car yeah
1: when i'm driving to my my mom's house yeah like no music in the car silence yeah and then the melodies come to me and i record them on my phone
0: I was going to ask you so, how I hope that happens. No one and, finds them. Yeah.
1: They're <laughs> so, they'd be so, they're all like, <laughs> love you. They're all like the worst lyrics because they just come out naturally.
0: Minor guitar riffs, so it's even like. <occupied monarchies Crafties outro> <trudududududududududu> <laughs> <laughs> That's
1: cool. Right. Yeah, I do come on with bass sometimes. Yeah.
0: All right, let's go to the airport. Okay. All right. all right. Bye, buddy.
1: Bye. Bye.